This is Democracy in Crisis, and I'm Baynard Woods. I apologize that we've been away for the last couple of weeks. We have had some issues trying to get a new website up, and so we've been uh, trying to focus on that here at The Real News and not as much on this podcast, and I've been sort of overwhelmed with the end of winter, the beginning of spring, all kinds of stuff going on, but I'm, we're back here today, and I have with me Easy Jackson. Welcome, Easy. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks, thanks for having me again. So this this week, sort of our national, some of our national concerns and our uh, local concerns come together in, in one of the only times that people have given a shit about Baltimore uh, being at this point in time, two years, three years ago now, yeah. in 2015, when on April 12th, police officers at uh, Pitt, the corners of, of Penn and North, roughly, or, or really Mount, uh, stopped a 25-year-old black man, Freddie Gray, threw him down, or chased him first, then threw him down, twisted him up, uh, put him into the police van as the neighbors were were crying out to help him, and he never emerged from that van conscious. They they took him out after making six stops 45 minutes later, and his neck was broken. Uh, and that, of course, led over the, the coming weeks, the two weeks really, or two and a half weeks after that, an uprising was really mounting here. And we wanted to sort of reflect a little bit on what that means to us now, a couple of years later. Um, I mean, it's hard to even think back. I, I feel like we almost had a revolution that we were, yeah. we were at, and now it's, it's... Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I'll never forget it just because uh, I was touring... I was just coming home from my first U.S. tour with Hype, uh, another rapper here from Baltimore, and um, we had been literally all around the country, and all of a sudden, you know, I was coming home and 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 this was happening. Um, so it's it's like it's a time that I'll never forget because I've seen Baltimore change a lot since then. You know, I see a lot more people politically active. I see a lot more activists out there. Um, there's a lot more, of course, conversation, especially with this week and the consent decree uh, hearings beginning finally, um, and just a lot more focus on the Baltimore City Police Department and the corruption that's that's been brought about ever since Freddie Gray. And I mean, crazily, one of the things we've learned over the last year, yeah. uh, this year, is that uh, the Gun Trace Task Force, Sergeant Wayne Jenkins, right. went and came to a, his bail bonds buddy with two giant bags, trash bags, full of pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals, yep. And that was what, they, at the time, they blamed on citizens, they blamed on the people of Baltimore, right. said it was a, the responsible for the rising murder rate, mm-hmm. said it was responsible for the violence mm-hmm. um, and dis- disrupting the distribution chain on drugs and stuff. And so, like, we... We now know that a lot of what we we've almost been for the last three years living in a dream, a matrix world where people thought one thing happened and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, yeah. that was not it at all. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a pretty clear example of how easy it is to blame poor people, uh, to blame marginalized communities um, for things because nobody checks up on it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you get this narrative that Baltimore is just this wild city full of. Uh, drug addicts and 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 gun toting gunslingers, um, when in actuality the politicians, the police department, they play a heavy role in a lot of the corruption and things that go on, and it's been happening for years. But finally, a lot of this stuff is coming to light. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's it's 
we're at a different place nationally too because at that time Obama was in office. Yep. People were nationally the conversation was sort of around Black Lives Matter more because mm-hmm. of Ferguson and mm-hmm. uh now in this moment of Trump I feel like no one is very interested in any story if it's not specifically about Trump. Right. And <laughs> um you know just that sort of headline black hole that just sucks everything into it and um so a lot of these stories <clears throat> Get a lot less attention than, than uh, and I wrote the column a couple of weeks ago about how uh, asking do Black Lives Matter for to the hashtag resistance because I feel like that especially among white liberals there was this almost audible sigh of relief when Trump was elected and they could turn away from Black Lives Matter and having to question their own privilege and their own whiteness and stuff like that to, oh, I'm not as bad as Donald Trump, so now I'm like a French resistance fighter Mm -hmm. and I'm a hero somehow Mm -hmm. just because you're not uh, a nuclear war-monging, sexual assaulting, uh, you know, wannabe autocrat like you're somehow okay. Right, yeah. I think you said something really important, too, in that, um, you know, when we talk about, like, how easy it is to blame poor communities, marginalized communities. Um, It's also easy to forget about black lives. And I think it's an important point to bring up when we talk about why black lives matter exists. You know, it's because when, when, when black men and black women are murdered by the police um, for years, these stories have disappeared. You know, so I think it's important this week that we do and every year go back and focus on Freddie Gray you know, what's happening now, how far we've come, what's happened since. You know, these things I think we need to continue to have the conversations around Mike Brown, around Philando Castillo, you know, uh, Alton Sterling, all all these folks that have lost their lives, you know, while in police custody, these stories can't continue to just disappear, you know, with, with, with the hot new news topics, which Trump is the hot new news topic, you know. Um... We, we still have to make sure that we're paying attention to these injustices, I think. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's interesting because it is one of the times when I think, I think one of the reasons that people are so obsessed with Trump is because it's one of the situations where white people feel like they might get killed by the government. Yeah. Like he might start a <laughs> nuclear war or something and it kills us. Yeah. And so it's like, oh my God, like that. But that's, the, that's sort of what... Things like people like Freddie Gray who remind us of is that that a whole and and this obsession with the resistance wanting this is not normal this is not normal and this obsession with normality mm-hmm. when it's like most people who who aren't uh, even middle class or above white people don't want it to go back to normal at all right, exactly normal wasn't a good thing yeah yeah exactly um you got a I read there's a teacher recently um who got in trouble for teaching her class, you know, talking about Make America Great Again. And she was saying to the class, like, you know, what time period are they talking about? Because we're talking about the 50s. You're talking about a time where my people um, were lynched and hung and, you know, and segregation was was real. So does he want to go back to segregation? She's having this conversation with her class and one of the students filmed it. Uh, and then Fox News turned in on this whole thing about how she was doing something wrong, you know what I mean, by by teaching this truth, you know. Um, and it's clear you have folks like Fox News and Sinclair Broadcasting and, of course, the Republican Party and conservatives that want to push this narrative, um, you know, that we're somehow taking America back to 
uh, some great place when we've always had issues. We've always had um, our history is, is, is pretty awful. Um, so it's I don't know it's crazy to watch right now. Although I do think we could we could go back and make America great again, like it was during uh, the radical period of Reconstruction. Uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> when, when white people in the South were the the previous landholders were really sort of forced out of office, and yeah. and there were amazing people like Robert Smalls that, uh, running legislatures in Southern yeah. cities and really doing progressive things so we'll that, take that you up would on be that amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like that's the period in time that we really need to think yeah. most about that this moment with trump is like the response to radical reconstruction and, and johnson's response then to trying to shut all of that down and creating then like terrorist movements like the Klan and all of that sort of stuff yeah it's too bad we wouldn't be able to get paul ryan uh as part of that <laughs> <laughs> he ducked out yeah, I, right. that's yeah. Other big news this week, like the it's becoming more and more the party of Trump. I mean, Ryan's yeah. a, a awful human being, also. I I think, but he was sort of the the example of the the establishment Republican, which is now I I think going sort of showing that it's going full bore populist. Yeah. Um, and speaking of ex speakers of the House, uh, John Boehner, the Orange Man, um, <laughs> even before Trump. Has joined the the board of a cannabis company this week. Yeah, he he's big, trying to get that weed money. <laughs> was a big drug warrior, and now it's crazy. And now that uh, he was a big tobacco supporter and smoker and and mm -hmm. drinker in general, so I guess he's wanting to get a little bit. Yeah, uh, he ready to get high. Yeah, yeah. John Boehner is. Hey, if you want to get high, John Boehner, I will sit down and interview <laughs> you while stoned. I'll supply. Uh, we can even get it from your company yeah. uh, that you're on the board of, and maybe you'll profit as well. Me and Easy will smoke a spliff with you and uh, and review your brand. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we we had to end with a little bit of lightness after starting yeah. with with the heaviness, but um, we have, uh, you know, all of these things kind of come at the same time. Four twenty is is. Uh, this week, week. Mm -hmm. and there's still so many people being thrown in jail about that. The the weed I review this week is called for the Colorado Springs Independent is called Black Power, and it sort of looks at how. And I talked to the the first black uh, dispensary owner there, and we just here in Maryland had the legislature at the last minute for the second year in a row they finally after spending the second legislative session debating whether they were going to open up the medical marijuana dispensaries so that there would be more black. Uh, owners of the businesses and and um, you know it's just insane that that's mainly the the vast majority of the people arrested for weed over the the last century have been either Latino or black and the mm -hmm. vast majority of course who are making giant money off of it now mm -hmm. are white or orange in Boehner's case yeah <laughs> welcome to America <laughs> all right so much love and grim solidarity y'all <laughs>